Hi, this is Nigel Glockler, and we're talking rock with Dave and Shane. Turn it up. Yeah! yeah. Right. Rock of Nations with Dave Kitchen next. Hi everybody, this is Rob Halford, the Rudy Sergeant. Hi there, this is Steve Hackett. You folks are just Rick Emmett of Triumph, and we're talking rock with Dave and Shane. Yeah! If that doesn't get you moving, nothing will. Carpe Diem, the title track, Saxon, is back with the album. Carpe Diem. Brother Shane, welcome back. Uh, welcome back to everybody out there, because uh, we're back. Hey. <laughs> and hey, Carpe Diem, uh, it was the first time you ever heard that. I think it was Dead Poet Society. I think so, language. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we Seize had a, the day. Yeah, we had a group in high school called Rage. It was uh, responding against Games of Emptiness, one of our... I think it was like a, ultimately a community service group, but uh, Carpe Diem, I think, was was part of our motto. Yeah. <laughs> Nigel, the <laughs> thunder god of Saxon, joining us now. Uh, Nigel, thank you for joining us, man. <laughs> no, I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> Is, you like that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> nice, nice. How you doing, man? Uh, where are you? Looks uh, somewhat tropical there, or... At least I'm looking at yeah, the... Yeah, no, I'm just, uh, I'm just in the south of England, but, you know, okay. with the time difference, it's about half past three in the afternoon here. Okay, all right. You know, right on. We've got a storm going on at the moment, though. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the wind blowing there. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some of the speeds apparently have been 122 miles an hour in parts of the country. Oh, my God. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have heavy winds, too, here right now. But it's yeah. not that it's not it's only 50 miles an hour so <laughs> jeez yeah boy oh boy uh well thank you for joining us and uh you know it's always great to talk with folks especially on zoom kind of see where people are and what they're up to uh carpe diem's the album it's out now and um you know this it's just it's so fiery it's amazing and uh, you know i was reading i understand you did the drums way back in uh 2019 so it, when when this yeah, comes out okay. i mean when you're hearing it, uh, I guess, you know, again for a while, I mean, what was it, uh, what's it like uh, to kind of have the whole thing done and out now? Yeah, no, no, it's great. It's a, it's a bit of a relief, actually, because yeah. <laughs> I haven't done it that long ago, you know, but um, no, it was great because, I mean, you know, the, the, the pandemic obviously meant we couldn't tour or anything, but so in a way it gave us more time to sort of finely tune Carpe Diem you know, play around with different parts and things. and But yeah, I did, as I said, I did the tracks, yeah, towards the end of 2019. So. After all these yep. years, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. The album just absolutely crunches. It, 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 it kind of takes me right back to the days of, uh, you know, Crusader 1984, not to say that you're backtracking, but it's just that yeah. hard, of, uh, hard of an album. Yeah. Is that something that you guys went into this planning, kind of like, we really got to make this thing cook? Oh no! I mean, we always try. We always try and do that. 
you know, every, every time we're, we're sort of, you know, we don't like the sort of, uh, you know, all fillers type thing. We're, we're not into that. We're, we're quite sort of um, up on, you know, how we let, we won't let anything go that we're not happy with, you know, just for the sake of it. So, um, as I said, it gave us more time. And plus the fact, you know, it's, it's working with Andy Sneap producing as well. I mean, he just, for me personally, he just gets a great drum sound and everything. And, and we, we sort of work together on it. You know, he sends me things. Once I've done the drum tracks, um, he plays around with them sonically. Mm. And he'll send me things, say, what do you think of this? And we might go, no, it's a bit bassy, that or whatever. And so we constantly, you know, reach a sort of happy medium, which is great. And I love his drum sound. And he's great fun to work with, too. Yeah. Was, so I, I think he's, he's an integral part of our sound, I would say. Yeah, I was going to say how great is Andy. I mean, he's, you know, obviously he's uh, he's been busy with, you know, the Priest Tour and everything, but he's just such a revered producer. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, especially guitar-driven yeah. producer, what's that like for you to, to work with a producer who who has such a keen ear to guitar? And obviously drums too, of course, as you just mentioned. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's great because, I mean, he's the, I've, I've said to this to other people, he really gets what we're about. You know, I mean, he's a big fan anyway, yeah. but he actually understands, he understands what we're about. And, you know, because in the past we've had producers that sort of don't quite, you know, they think they've got us, but they haven't, you know, because we're a sort of, Andy gets us, he knows the power we project live. Yeah. So he put that sonically on the albums. You know, he knows what we should be sounding like. Mm. Which is great. So it's lovely. It's it, you know, it's great to work with someone that that works like that. You know, absolutely. Is there a uh, saying that about producers? Is an album that you look back on, you know, since '81, where you, you just wish you guys could redo it? Yeah, in a way. I mean, we, we might sort of. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, probably <laughs> for me, it'd be. Although I love the album, actually, it's funny, and I think it's sort of been sort of passed by by a lot of people, Rock the Nations. Ah. You know, um, I'd like to, I think that would be fun to re-record that, actually, with Andy, maybe, you know. Okay. I'd, love, I'd love to hear, for instance, I'd love to hear that track, Battle Cry, with Andy's drum sound. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I think the kick drums on that would cave your head in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, but as, but as it turned out, I mean, I, you know, I really like that album. I mean, considering management and the record company only gave us 10 days to write wow. that album. Mm. You know, so I think we did damn well on it. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's a um, great album title. It is. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> One of our favorites, interestingly enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it because um, I know some bands have done that they've re-recorded some things I know Scorpions re-recorded some stuff that they did kiss of course you know um, yeah. is that it's always interesting too because you know you can get an updated sound and, and all of that so I mean you know would there be plans for something like that or just kind of well obviously your hands are full now yeah yeah no, I'm, I don't know I mean I mean we really you know when I when I first joined the band I mean on the American issue of uh, Power and the Glory we did um Susie, hold on, mm. which was on Wheels of Steel. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, that version of Susie, hold on, never got released in the UK. Mm. 
unless it was on a special, it might have been on a later edition of it, but the initial album, no, it wasn't. That was just for America only. So mm. that, was, that was, you know, even that was sort of updating the sound, you know, even though it was a couple of years difference, mm -hmm. still updated the sound. But yeah, I mean, as I said, I'd, I'd quite like, you know, there's some tracks off Rock Nations I'd like to go in and have a go at. Yeah. That would be, that would be fantastic. Yeah, you heard it here first. No, or, or second oh, yeah. or third, wherever you said it before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a that was an era where a lot of production was very interesting to say the yeah. least. And and if you were rushed like that, which we didn't know, ten days, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's just not fair. That's not right. No, I mean no. It, I mean it, you know it was great fun to do it. We did it in a studio called Whistlelord in in Holland. Mm -hmm. And um, as you probably know, Elton John played on a couple of tracks on it. Yeah, yeah. Because he was in the same studio complex. Amazing. And, uh, you know, he sort of uh, begged us to let him play on a couple of tracks. What was really funny, when we first got there, his band was always in our studio control room listening to us and grooving. Oh, wow. And I, <laughs> they had to come in and kick them out and say, come on, we've got work to do here. <laughs> 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 no, no, we got on great with them. It was brilliant. Is that something for you that, you know, obviously that seemed like a natural thing, you know, to have Elton John there, but for fans, you know, they might be like, wow, that's such a different genre, you know, I mean, but I guess as a musician, is it just, uh, it's fluid like that, right? I mean, you know, whoever's around sometimes joins in, even if it's, you know, someone. Yeah, who, it was just, yeah. I mean, um, we just got on great with them, you know, yeah. and, and he asked, you know, I'd really love to play on it. We thought, why the hell not? Yeah. You know, why that's not? That's awesome. It was good. It was good fun, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, uh, the kind of going back to the album title here, Dave and Nigel. What uh, sees the day? Was that kind of uh, a working idea from Biff, or was that something you guys all just kind of? No, it was a, it was a working it was a working idea from Biff because he want, he wanted to write a. Uh, you know, he, so we had all the tracks and he, he wanted to write a track about, you know, Hadrian's Wall, you know, about the Romans protecting from the, from the Northerners in England and stuff. Or I presume the forerunners of the Scottish or whatever. So they built this wall, which you can still go to, actually. Mm. Um, and so it, it was, he called a track that and it just seemed a logical thing to call the whole album. Yeah. But I think as, as an actual phrase and a thing to live by, I mean, seize the day. I think it's a great... You know, we only get one chance at this. Let's enjoy it and go for it, you know. I think it's How, a good thing to live your life by. Absolutely. How great is metal for themes like that war and sort of ancient battles and things like that? How, sorry, say what? How how great is uh, is like heavy metal, hard rock for themes like that, you know, war and, and conquest well, and such? I mean, it sort of kind of lends itself to it musically, I suppose, really. But I mean, you know, we, particularly Biff and Biff and myself, we read a lot of we read a lot of history books, and you know, we're into history, and we lots watch a lot of historical and war movies and stuff like that. So it's it's going to come out. We're not a you know we're not a lovey dovey band lyrically. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll let the other ones do. You know, the other yeah, ones. Yeah. Can, you know, but I mean. Um, it's just it's just subjects we're interested in. Yeah, I think it's it's great how you guys always embrace that. Uh, Man awarded a little bit, but on the American you know side of things. But I mean, just uh, so uh, so cool that you uh, 
always went in the direction that you, you went in and you stayed in that direction with that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you know, we're sort of, as I say, you know, we, we like writing lyrics like that. And, and, and the same thing is with the band. I mean, you know, we've had the same lineup for quite a while now. So, you know, this is the Saxon sound now, you know, because it's the five individuals with what their outside influences are coming into this conglomerate. And that's what's called Saxon. So that's what you get. Yeah. What does it mean for you to, you know, in your passing, you know, just over 40 years in the band? I mean, what, what does it say to you that, you know, you guys keep driving, keep going, haven't missed a beat, no pun intended, but literally all these years, I mean, it, it's really an awesome thing. I mean, what, what keeps you guys going? Is it, is it the love of the fans? Because I think metal fans, Shane, you've said it, they're the greatest fans out there. Yep. Yeah, I mean, no, they are. I mean, plus the fact, I mean, the thing with us as well is that we're constantly getting younger fans. All the time, I mean, you know, every gig we get young young fans down the front, whether they've come with their dads or whatever, and they know all the damn lyrics probably more than we do. <laughs> <laughs> and they're singing away, you know, and it's great. And I think that's a healthy thing for, for a band. You know, as long as that's kind of going on, it, spur, it spurs us on as well. And, you know, and plus the fact, you know, we love it. We love doing it. And, I, you know, my sort of thing is if, if you're doing something you don't enjoy, don't do it, you know? Right. We love, I mean, we really enjoy being in a band together. You know, we know it's hard work. It's not, you know, but we have a lot of fun and a lot of respect for each other. And, you know, while we're enjoying it, why stop? And as long as people want to come and see us. Yeah. 23 albums in, Nigel. Is there kind of pressure when you guys are doing these albums to that you really got to show your stuff, you know, you got to keep proving your worth to, to oh, I, think, I mean, for, for me, I mean, for me as a drummer, I, I'm constantly striving to improve all the time. Mm. So I try and push myself all the time. You know, I think that I, I don't want to stagnate sort of thing. So I'm, I'm constantly pushing, you know, to improve my technique and feel and, and everything, you know, and I think as a band, we, we all are. You know, I think all, all of the guys in the band are, are improving all the time, you know. So I think that's a healthy side. So when the writing comes together, you know, it's like, here we are, let's like push it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I saw you guys in Houston uh, a few years ago with Priest and uh, at the Sugarland show. And man, oh man, you guys were on fire and the crowd was awesome. And it was like some of the young people. And like you said, they knew that they were just hooked in like, um, you know, like it was the band they grew up with. And it was in many ways. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, people down the front of that, you know, you know, OK, we weren't the sort of headliners. We were special guests, but the guy, people down the front were going, singing all the bloody words. It was amazing. You know, yeah. great. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, that was a great tour anyway. It was a really cool tour. We really enjoyed that. It was a shame it couldn't have gone on longer, actually. I know, yeah. Man. You, you guys are the original new wave of British heavy metal. And uh, I don't know if you like the term or not, but um, do you kind of remember when, you know, you guys were in that scene, what, what it was like and when it was really catching on? Well, any, uh... I mean, don't forget, I wasn't in the band. I wasn't the original right. drummer in the band, right? So when, right. when the original new wave of British heavy metal was happening, I was in another band. You know, uh, you, were with, you were with Toya, yeah. I was with Toya, yeah. And um, but I was, you know, I was a I was a rock fan, 
you know, so I, I was listening to all this stuff, you know, and I, I thought it was great when it, when it, you know, finally we're getting rid of, because I wasn't a big fan. I mean, I, generally I wasn't a fan of the new wave, a lot of the new wave stuff. I mean, there were certain bands that I loved during the new wave, you know, and I still love, but as a movement, I thought, nah. So when the sort of rock, <laughs> when the rock thing started happening again. I mean, I got really, I got really peed off when they started calling some of my favorite bands dinosaurs, you know. Right, oh, right. How, <laughs> yeah. how, how dare you? Now we're gonna get our own back, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just like, you know, I was listening to, I mean, I was listening to all sorts of stuff during that period, Cheap Trick and stuff like that, you know, which I think at the time was sort of labeled as a kind of power pop band, I think oh, that's yeah. what they were labeled here anyway. So, I mean, it was bands like that I was loving, you know, but a lot of the other stuff was like, nah. So yeah. as soon as, as I say, so as soon as the, suddenly you'd find, sort of see some of these new wave of British heavy metal bands on TV mm. shows, I was like, oh yeah, this is going, come on then. <laughs> um, and speaking of diversity, you know, kind of different interests, I know at one point I'm reading you, um, you left for a little bit, uh, you got invited uh, by Steve Howe to join GTR. I know you didn't do a release, that lineup didn't release any albums, but can you talk about those sessions and just what it was like, um, you know, working with Steve Howe? Nerve-wracking. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, was, I was a big, you know, I still am a big Yes fan. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So when I got asked, I was like, yeah, this is great. But as soon as I got in the rehearsal room with him, I was like, oh, my God. You know, so, uh, no, it was fun. It was hard work, you know, because, again, I'm, I'm sort of, it was a completely different genre of music again, you know. Yeah. But, um, no, it was great. And funnily enough, actually, some the unfinished album has crept out somewhere in mm. an unfinished form. Really? Huh, so, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it has, but it sounds pretty rough because it oh, wasn't yeah. ever mixed. <laughs> And stuff wasn't finished on it. I don't know who the hell got it out there. Yeah. Hmm. Someone has. And um, which is a shame. But funnily enough, one of the guys, Steve Hackett had left by that time, the Genesis guitarist, he, the ex-Genesis guitarist. He'd left GTR by then. So this other guy came in from America, Robert Berry, who's an amazing songwriter. Hmm. And funnily enough, I, um, he invited me over to the States last year. And I did an album for him. Oh. As a, <laughs> so that was cool. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but, wow. then was, but then it was through the, you know, through the GTR thing that I met Steve Howe. Uh, mm. that, sorry, that I met Jeff Downs. Okay, okay. So okay. then I played on, on an Asia album. Yeah. You know, it's how these sort of things work around, you know. Yeah, yeah. Everybody then, knows everybody, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. And it's, it's, I think it's really healthy because then you start... You know, playing. I find it, you know, really exhilarating to play different forms of music, and and I think you know, interact with different musicians. Um, is there, I guess, some? Is it a different mental space to do a different to drum to a different genre, or is it, um, you know, like is it a different mindset, or I guess maybe not so much. Um, yeah, I mean, you've got to think. You've got to you've got to think differently. You know, it's it's sort of. You can't go in there and start hammering out really fast double bass drum stuff. Right, right. <laughs> so you've got to think, hang on, we've got to be a little bit subtle here at times, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to go in and sound like a bloody regiment of barrage of artillery. Right, over right. Something. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is a little different, you know. It's sort of, you've got to play for the song. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, How not, much? not overplay it and just just embellish the song, so to speak. Nigel, what, how much does a, a jazz um, playing come into your style, you know, as a drummer? Yeah, I mean, I was never really like a sort of, if you see sort of like traditional jazz or big band, oh, I can't play that style. I, I might have a right. bit of a laugh, you know, a bit of a laughing sound check <laughs> trying to do something, you know. But um, but no, but, uh, but I used to listen, oh, I still do listen to a lot of fusion. Mm. So I'm a big, big Billy Cobham fan and uh, oh, yeah. uh, Lenny White from Chick Corea's band. I love all those drums. Vinnie Colliuta. Those are the drummers I really enjoy listening to. And there's uh, another guy, uh, I think he's Austrian. Yeah, Thomas Lang, who mm. lives over in LA. And he's, he's, he's mainly a clinician, but he yeah. is absolutely outrageous, you know. So I like listening to these people, you know, but it was the fusion thing. No, a lot of the time during the 70s, that's all I listened to. Mm. You know, it was. Kit Career, Al Dimiola, all those people. Yeah, Spectrum. So and, yeah. Exactly. What a yeah. great album. Oh, oh good. Stunning oh, man. Album. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, Billy <laughs> Cobham. What's that? Go on, no, go on. No, no, I was just gonna say just Billy Cobham, he had a way of he has a way of just like letting that drum ring and just let the, that sound just bellies out, you know. It's just, exactly. And yeah, that, yeah. that snare drum was just so crisp and like, oh, you know. Yeah. yeah, right. Brilliant. No, th those are the drummers I, you know, I was listening to. So if there's any sort of jazzy influence, that's where it's come from. Those those guys. Yeah. Well, because I know that you uh, you really like Bill Ward and you like yeah. Carmen Carmen Apice, yeah. their styles. What 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 did they bring to the the hard rock kind of drumming that you that you really uh, enjoy so much? I think it was just. I mean. Black Sabbath, funnily enough, was the second ever proper gig I went to. Oh, wow. Right, on, on the Masters of Reality tour. Wow. Uh, and, um, you know, so it was the original lineup. And, like, uh, I was right at the front, and I'd never seen anyone hit a drum kit as hard as Bill Ward at that time. You know, I thought his rack toms were going to come off, you know, <laughs> but he just had this swing. There was something about his playing that I that I preferred listening to him rather than someone like John Bonham. Well, Bonham was a great drummer, great drummer. You know, you can't take that away. But it was like I, I could get off more listening to, you know, Bill Ward. It's just and um, Carmine. I mean, I was into Vanilla Fudge from the first album. You know, the very the very first album, and I I just loved his playing, and then. Through you know after Vanilla Fudge went and then he formed that band Cactus, still with Tim Bogart you know the bass player from Vanilla Fudge and and then oh, yeah. Bogart and you know I, I was a big Carmine fan and in fact a like little local band I was in we used to do a couple of Cactus songs you know <laughs> nice because <laughs> we just loved them yeah yeah man the Fudge they <laughs> were so, they were pioneers man oh man yeah yeah they were definitely. You know, and what a great guitarist that guy was. Oh, outstanding, you know, brilliant. Yeah, just amazing. So good. So, I mean, I, I bet you can't wait to get this, This, I mean, to play some show, you know, to get out on the road with this record. I mean, just, you know, what's it going to feel? I mean, just talk about, you know, getting out there and playing live and, and you know, just how that feels. It's got to be, especially when you have a new record, it's just got to be a, a energy unlike anything else, right? Yeah, there's a, there's the energy, but always with a new record, there's like, geez, I hope I can remember the 
<laughs> right, right. You always get that initially live, you know. You know, I don't care what anyone says. There's still that sort of, you know, got to get this right, you know, and the hope, um, particularly in the new songs, that you don't come out because there, there's a certain thing. I know that's, um, I mean, I've had it sometimes. I think everyone gets it. You, some, you're playing away and you might have played these songs for like quite a while and you suddenly come out of what you call, what, what we call autopilot. Oh yeah, yep. You're not really, you're concentrating, but you're not because you're just so used to it. And I mean, I've had it a couple of times. I suddenly think, oh geez, what are we in? First verse or second verse? Because there's big drum fills after the second verse into the guitar sound. I'm like, which verse am I in? You know, because I might not be able to hear the vocals clear or you just come out of it. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> but uh, no, <laughs> you know, I mean, I know it happens to a lot of people, you know, but um I think there's a, you know, yeah, it's going to be great to get up and play new stuff. It'll be interesting to see how they go down live. That's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the interesting. Sometimes, you know, if if something sort of not going down quite so well where it is in the set, we might alter it and make it later or earlier or whatever. So we constantly play around with the things anyway, you know. Yeah. But I yeah, think... it's, it's always good to get out and play new stuff. Oh, yeah. I think li living on, a, on the limit. It's going to be a fun song to play live just to watch the crowd thrash. Oh, oh yeah. They'll go nuts. <laughs> oh, that's the uh, 500 miles an hour one, isn't it? I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny, actually. I mean, some, I mean, playing live, it's like the faster songs, in a way, actually, are easier to play than the, than the more sort of mid-tempo ones because you've got to, you know, with the fast ones, it's, it's almost like... Um, got a saying in it last one home makes the tea you know right. <laughs> the, one that, the one that the one that finishes last you're on the tea you know but uh, but to do it it's sometimes you've got to concentrate a bit more on the mid-tempo ones because you've got to get that settle it in you know and get it yeah get that groove right yeah well we see that big mechanical eagle kind of coming down you know or the very least some of the as we did in kind of the 80s or is that that i guess that's kind of past now yeah, i mean we we just used it on a couple a couple of gigs we did a couple of weeks ago we played manchester and you know and hammersmith and stuff and uh yeah we had the eagle on there i don't know we'll just have to see you know never say never yeah that's always yeah. very cool <laughs> it's a lot better now because it's got um the lights in it, I think, are more sort of kind of LED ones. Whereas originally, when I first joined the band, you know, and the thing came down behind me, it was like I was getting suntan. You know? Oh my God. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. I was like a sort of steaming racehorse after a race, you know, sitting there playing away with clouds coming up with this thing, you know. That sounds something like it in Spinal Tap. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just really hot. Jeez. What what's your favorite uh, Saxon song to play live at this point? Um, funnily enough, actually, it's, it's a track off the first album, "Backs to the Wall." Uh, I just love. I'm really loving playing that at the moment because it's like full on, but there's lots of little bits in it. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't just hammer all the way through. It stops, and then there's things with different accents. Then it goes into a half time bit then stops and then the tempo builds up and off we go again. That's no, great. I love it. Very nice. good. That's a great one. So good. <laughs> those, those early tours, do you, uh, 
have fond memories of of some of the bands you you guys opened up for or opened up for you? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, to, you know, in America. I mean, the first tour I did time came over to America was in '82. Uh, so we had Molly Hatchet were headlining. I mean, that was a bit of a mismatch to, to yeah. say the least. But you know, we had great gigs with them, and then we did some shows with Triumph. Okay, nice. And then, and then Rainbow. Um, we did a couple with you you know we did some with ufo um and then uh who else was it oh, and cheap trick oh wow Damn. yeah also that was a dream for you yeah right i'm sure yeah, so, i mean that, that was great but uh and then also we did um we did a couple of outdoor shows with um i mean the band had played with them before i joined them but we did a couple of outdoor shows with blue oyster cult who I love. I still love yeah. them. Yeah. That's a good bill right there. Yeah, that's a great bill. Oh man. <laughs> Funnily enough, we did a we did an open air festival here in the UK a few years ago and and, and they were on that. So they're great. I love them. Do yeah, you, we, uh, we talked to the Bouchard brothers and they're great. They they gave yeah. us some amazing stories from the road. I mean, we talked to them for two hours and just amazing <laughs> talent, especially from that New York scene. I mean, we just, we love all that. We love talking about that. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. No, the New York scene, I'm just trying to think some of the, some of the sort of punk, punky type bands I was into, like the, the Dictators. Yeah, yeah, yes. Ross the Boss. Oh, yeah. Ross the, the Boss. Dictators. Oh, no, I'm, you know, brilliant. No, I'm sort of friends with Ross the Boss, so we keep in touch. Yeah, so, he's awesome. Great, great band. Yeah, we love Ross. He's a he's a good friend to us. So, so yeah, he's a good you. guy. What uh, do you have any uh, memories? If, if you speak to him before I do, give him my best. We'll we do. Will. We will absolutely. The last time we talked to him, he was uh, working at the batting cages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> live in the sound. It was. <laughs> <laughs> We always ask this of, of gentlemen like yourself. Do you have any good Lemmy stories? Lemmy? Back in the, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, I mean, well, as a Lemmy, actually, funnily enough, it was the last time we played, we were on that last tour with him, actually. And it, right. it's not so much Lemmy, but my old drum tech. I had a, a German drum tech, and... Um, we were sort of backstage and I didn't know he was coming and he, he sort of turned up and he had the wrong, I don't know how the hell he got in because he had the wrong pass on. And I think he was a bit sort of inebriated and, and he just walked into Lemmy's dressing room. It was hilarious, like uninvited. Put it this oh way, he didn't, stay, he didn't stay very long. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Oh, that's no, Lemmy, was, Lemmy was great, yeah. you know, brilliant. Brilliant guy, really nice guy, you know. In fact, yeah. uh, when when I when I sort of rejoined the band after a break, he was the first person I rang up to let him know that I was back in the band. <laughs> nice, so what did he say? I rang him in LA and he said, F off. Okay. He said, oh no, hi, nice, that's brilliant. Now F off, I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> 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 Sounds like Levy. No, <laughs> he doesn't yeah. mince words. No, he nope. doesn't. No, it's great, though. Yeah, no, that's funny. Um, well, I, I guess you know the one thing I also wanted to ask you is like songs like Broken Heroes. I mean, there's certain songs that have that feel, especially I think from the '86 '88 era. Just like um, 
is it do you feel a little does it the band feel something different because i mean the, the the you know the music was so powerful there were more keys and things like that and i love that era and i just wonder when you play a song like that does that it seems like that especially resonates with the crowd the message I and mean, it's a very heavy yeah. kind of track i mean you know tell me about your yeah. thoughts on that yeah no I, no i agree with you you know it's um you know as soon as we start that it's like the other songs like eagle Eagle gets the same thing, and also yeah, yeah. one of the later albums, Red Star Falling. Mm. I mean, when we were playing that in sort of Eastern Europe, they went nuts, you know, because um, obviously it was about them, you know, and the fall yeah. of communism. Oh yeah. So all those, all those kind of tracks, I think, get atmospheric and get a great reaction from the audience, and I enjoy playing them. Plus, the fact gives me a bit of a rest. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So that's good too. Yeah. Such a physical instrument, the most physical instrument you have there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like, oh yeah, great eagle now. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. What how how do you see the state of, of rock and, and metal these days? Do you think it's pretty healthy? Yeah, I think it's very healthy. As I said, you know, particularly with a lot of the younger kids getting into it, you know, coming coming there with their dads and they're really getting into it. I mean, you really got to see the comments we get on our Facebook and whatever from from fans and stuff and you see as I said to you before you see them down the front they're all singing the words and everything it's like yeah. it's great so cool the Gene Simmons is officially wrong Dave that's right yeah we try to prove him wrong in every episode which is probably why he hasn't come on yet that's probably why he hasn't come on yet <laughs> no, funny enough talking about I saw Kiss their first gig over here in the UK 76, I think it was at Hammersmith. Because oh, I was a big Kiss fan. So. Destroyer Damn. era, yeah. <laughs> it was like World War Three on stage. It was like, <laughs> it's like God <laughs> Almighty, every bomb, bang, oh, man. flash, pop, everything. Brilliant. <laughs> it was louder, Kiss or Sabbath back then? Oh, that's a difficult one. That is a very difficult one. I, th I th actually think more intense was probably Sabbath. Is that wow. Bill, you think? Is that just Bill's thunder and Bill and Geezer? Oh, you, yeah. oh, oh he, he was drowning them all out. No, no. It was just, no, the whole thing <laughs> was just great, you know. I mean, for a three-piece, wow. But, you know, uh, you know, I was sort of the first gig I ever went to, the first proper gig, and it was the first band I was absolutely mad about was Grand Funk Railroad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Flint, Michigan. Seven, oh, yeah. <laughs> in 771 in, seven, in uh, Hyde Park, free concert in Hyde Park. That's and awesome. I, was, I, was not, I was nuts about Grand Funk, you know, when they were the three piece. Right. It's amazing how many bands they influenced. We, we talked oh, to yeah. so many. Yeah. No, they, they were, I loved them. Loved them. And they were supported by um, Humble Pie. Oh, what a bill. What a bill that must have been. Oh, my God. And, and Pete Frampton was still the guitarist with Humble Pie. That was the original lineup. That was, oh, great. <laughs> oh my god i'm getting chills goosebumps <laughs> oh i love it i'd just like to say you know thank you very much for asking me this has been great fun anytime you know anytime you want to talk just let us know and i'll be there you know you got thank it you, sir. thank you for having me and i'd just like to say to you know anyone listening you know hopefully we'll get over there soon you know because we, we love playing over there and um, but the main thing is stay healthy and stay safe. Absolutely. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, <laughs> Appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care, guys. Yep.
Yeah. Yeah.